This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by the Trek Geek Shop. Now you can help support our show and get yourself some cool Star Trek gear at the same time. Check out our line of t-shirts, mugs, hats, and other items for your inner Trek geek at shop.trekgeeks.com. Check. Check one, two. Check, check, check. Chuckity chuckle, the chocolate chicken. Hey. This is Chuck Huber, Dr. Leonard McCoy from Star Trek Continues. I'm a doctor, not a DJ. But I know that you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. Davidson, Davidson. Biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Welcome, one and all, to Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, or otherwise known as Adam Drosen's eighth favorite podcast in the world. Little known fact. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. We're excited to talk about tonight's topic. As you might have guessed from the cover art, it has to do with Voyager. And I thought that to introduce my co-host this evening... I would engage in a little theater. Akuchimoya, we are far from the sacred Star Trek of our grandfathers and from the stories of our people. Perhaps there is one geekful being who will embrace this good podcast and give us the answer we seek. Well, I doubt he has answers, and he definitely better not try to hug me. But hey, he's my co-host, Dan Davidson. Dan, Akuchimoya, buddy. Akuchimoya. That was awesome. That was good. I was was like sitting there listening to that. I'm like, oh, that is some great act noise. Oh, very well done. Thank you. I got to start learning from the best. So can you let me know when he gets here? Thanks. Yeah, I, I'll do that. <laughs> Alec will be here any minute. Oh, wow. Good wow. to be here, man. Hey. Looking forward to tonight's show. It's going to be interesting, this new this new thing that we're starting. Yeah. I, uh, there are a lot of podcasts that have tried to put together essential lists of episodes of series. And I, I, I kind of wanted to do a play on that. We're essentially we're not going to pick ones that are relevant for a given reason or relevant for the story. We're just going to try to pick good episodes. So I think that's and we figured we'd start with Voyager since I'm Voyager challenged. You are, you are, and it is my job to unchallenge you. Well, that's Yeoman's work, Mister. You got quite the task ahead of you. Let me tell you. It's, it, hey, it'd rather be Yeoman's work than Ensign Kim work. <laughs> We're going to talk about his <laughs> amount of suffering later, but 
Speaking of yeoman's work, Dan, if you wouldn't mind telling the good folks listening how they might be able to get in touch with us. Yes, it's always fun to hear from everybody. Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, of course, our handle is Trek Geeks. Uh, email us at trekgeeks at starfleet.com or pick up that thing called a telephone, cell phone, mobile phone, pay phone, whatever kind of phone you want. 508-784-1701. Leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks if you are more computer savvy than my co-host, Bill Smith. Anyway, also you can also join our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. A lot of great discussion out there with a lot of great people. And as a perk for being a member of Camp Kittimer, you're going to get early access to episodes of the Trek Geek podcast before they are released, which is pretty awesome. Uh, just go to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. And just remember, Bill, that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Back to you. Thank you, Dan. Back up here in the booth. I see your wife coming up behind you with a knife for using that voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Dan, let's get to the news this week from our good friends at treknews.net. They should be the first stop for everybody's Star Trek news, and they are certainly our stop. And first up, a very interesting announcement regarding Star Trek All Access. Oh, yes. Very interesting and, in my opinion, very awesome, I will say. Uh, The Star Trek All Access gurus over at CBS have finally announced that the episodes will drop weekly on CBS All Access after it premieres next January. I'm very happy about this decision. I'm very happy about it, too, and I think podcasters all over the world are rejoicing because it'll be so much easier to do an after show. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think it's smart from the marketing side of things. You know, you're in this to make money. Last time I checked, and you want people to subscribe on a monthly basis to your show, so it makes perfect sense to me, and it keeps the Trek tradition going. We don't have to binge watch 15 episodes in one day. We're going to be able to see it stretched out over time, which I think is great. Well, you know, and I think it's smart for them to do on that level and also to help build that relationship with people who subscribe. Because if you're going to be watching Star Trek from week to week, and let's assume that a vast amount of fans will, there will be some that will maybe download or subscribe after the season is over and then binge it and then cancel. But by and large, they're going to get people subscribing just to watch Star Trek and then they'll get to deliver them other content. I think it's a great move. I think it's a very great move. And uh, um, I know that there has been a lot of reaction uh, online. I what, what do you think? I've seen a lot more negative reaction, I think, if I recall correctly, in, in reading stuff on Twitter and Facebook this week, which, I don't know, it's just, it's just not something I understand. I think it's good that they're keeping it as a weekly show. I think that if the answer is anything other than we've changed our minds and it's going to CBS, there's going to be a segment of the fan base that is going to complain no matter what. Good point. Good point. So, and that's that's unfortunate. I mean, they can choose not to watch it, and those of us who are going to subscribe to CBS All Access to watch the series will, and we'll have a great time. Indeed, we will. Can't wait. Dan, speaking of Star Trek news, there's a little movie coming out this summer, and I think it's called, wait for it. Here it comes. Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> And there's an interview with John Cho, who plays Sulu 
in the movie. And he says something very interesting about this film. Very interesting and something, again, another positive thing this week that we're seeing. He says that he feels that Star Trek Beyond feels like it will be the best of the original series or feel like the best of the original series, which I think is is great to hear from someone who's been involved in the past two films. Um, I'm going to quote him quickly with a couple of sentences here. He says, quote, when I read the script, my emotional impression was that it felt very much like the best of the original series. It felt like the series, excuse me, it felt like the series felt to me. And the first film that we made didn't entirely feel like that to me. So for someone who's been involved in the JJ movies and now in this movie directed by Justin Lin to say that I think gives a lot of hope to those who might not be too thrilled with what we see coming down the road in a month or two. I think that's true. You figure there have been a series of interviews lately where they have been talking about how Justin Lin isn't just the fast and the furious guy and how Scotty says this will evoke, you know, elements of the original series. And now John Cho is saying that it feels like the best of the original series. And I think they understand the portion of fandom that wasn't really on board with, you know, into darkness. And I think that they're trying to make a concerted move to bring them back to the tent. Yeah, I agree. I think one thing this also says in my mind is that you can have this new alternate universe, which everybody calls the JJ verse, but you can still have some good original series stories in it. And I'm hoping that this is what's going to happen. I'm hoping so too. And speaking, Dan, of great original series stories, there is some amazing news from our favorite fan film production. I'm going to open up the dictionary to Segway Master. And I think it's going to be your face. <laughs> He's to say that. Yeah, some great news. As everybody knows, we love the folks over at Star Trek Continues. Um, they, uh, they had their Indiegogo campaign wrap up recently. Um, and thanks to a combination of the funding that was on the Indiegogo page and private contributions, they have met their goal of $350,000 to produce more episodes of STC. Huge news. It it really is. I mean, they will pay a larger fee to Indiegogo for not having hit the goal through that platform. But to know that they have reached the amount of funding they needed to continue what they wanted to do, whether it's with episodes or rental of the Stage 9 facility uh, and all of that, is absolutely tremendous news. And it brought a huge smile to my fa- face to see that post from Vic Mignogna the other day. It was it, it. Same here. I it wasn't one of the best work days that day, and I came home and I'm sitting down. And I'm looking at Facebook and I see that message saying that uh, we didn't hit our goal on Indiegogo, but thanks to these private contributions, we have met the goal. And he was very thankful to all the donors. And I tell you what, we've been concerned because of the the way things have been the past few months. But to see this news, best news I've seen in a long time. Cannot wait to see many more episodes of STC. As you know, my friend, we have been asking our listeners to submit iTunes reviews, and we've been featuring a few of those lately. Uh, We have a a giveaway going on at the end of every quarter, but um, Dan, you came across a great review of the podcast just the other day. 
I did. It was uh, it was from the UK iTunes Store uh, by a um, reviewer by the name of I don't know is it Steever Ace UK or possibly Steve Race UK. Either one works. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go with both of them. Um, and he uh, he wrote in his in his review quote. I've listened to a few Star Trek podcasts, and this one is by far the best. An easy, affectionate relationship between the two hosts makes this one stand out. The show covers the latest news in Star Trek and has a mix of interesting guests and fun topics. Great job. End quote. And the thing that I took off from that one, Bill, is that we have an affectionate relationship. Aww. <laughs> Still, don't you try to hug me. That's... I will never. Akuchi Moya. <laughs> I will need an adult if you do that. Sorry. And I am not I am not down with that, mister. I am more than just a plaything. Uh, <laughs> yet I digress. Yes, a little bit. So as we as I mentioned earlier, once a quarter, once every three months, we are giving away a $25 Amazon.com gift card gift cord? Gift cord. Gift cord. Yeah. A $25 Amazon.com gift card, um, either in the U.S. store or whatever countries, the equivalent in whatever countries Amazon happens to be the one you shop in. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to select a review at random. And from our purposes, it doesn't matter if it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We want your honest reviews. So you can head on over to... What's what's the name of our website again? Uh, uh, um, Trek, Trek, Trek Geeks. TrekGeeks.com. Low, low end podcast. Um, uh, Drama Queen. Oh, that's it. Uh, so yes. it's head on over to TrekGeeks.com slash <laughs> iTunes. You can get all the details and hopefully get in the running to win yourself uh, 25 bucks. Cease Who and desist. Cease and desist. Oh. All right. Well, Bill, we've got a new fun uh new thing that we're going to be introducing today and as we talked about briefly at the top of the show we are going to start reviewing seasons of the episode of all the series and uh, we thought what not better to start with than voyager season one because i know it's your favorite i know it's mine (laughs) well yeah yeah (laughs) thanks we're doing this for a couple of reasons actually um First of all, we're going to be calling it Skip It or See It. We're going to just basically do it. The other way around. Skip It or See It. See Skip It or Skip, skip it. it. Okay. Well, okay. All right. Whatever you want to call it. You call it the way you want. You're the executive producer, man. <laughs> I cease thee and I desist thee. Okay. Just go. <laughs> um, you tried to do this Voyager challenge a little way back. And it wasn't as successful as you wanted because we're busy and we got things going on in life. Um, but we just decided to take your Voyager challenge and turn it into see it or skip it. Yeah. Yeah. The hardest thing about doing the Voyager challenge was documenting what happens in each episode. There have been a few times on this show where we've, you know, uh, taken a look at episodes from, you know, like Star Trek continues or Star Trek new voyages or, you know, another Star Trek series and doing the write up, you know, the rundown of the synopsis, is the most time-consuming part of, of yep. doing the show. Agreed. And I was doing that for each episode of Voyager. So I made it almost all the way through the first season in documenting it, but I've actually watched the first three seasons over again. I'm that far behind. So we figured that it would be better to talk about it on the podcast since it's a lot easier to talk about what works and what doesn't in this kind of format. Mm-hmm. So from that, See It or Skip It was born. 
So what we'll do is we'll go through the first season, in this case of Voyager. Eventually, we'll do it for all of the series. And we'll give you a brief description of the episode and why you should either see it or skip it. And we may not always agree. Uh, chances are we won't. I don't usually agree with you on anything. Except the fact that I'm awesome. Well, there's one thing. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun because it gives us, like you said, we don't know, you know, for sure what each of us is going to say for each episode. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Uh, I don't know. Is dichotomy the right word? Dynamic dichotomy. Dynamic. All right. Yeah. That'll be whatever. Fun. All right. Yeah. I'm full of words today. Mister. So for each of these episodes today, we're going to tell you whether you should see it because it truly matters in the overall arc of Voyager getting home. Or maybe it's a phenomenal episode, or maybe there's some key piece of the character that gets introduced in that particular show. Mm -hmm. Or mm. we're going to tell you to skip it because it's either just not a great episode or it has no impact, you know, in the course of the show. It's maybe a one off or in the case of something like Threshold, <laughs> maybe it's just a stinker. Wow. <laughs> we may have more things to disagree upon than you think, or maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> so, you know, overall, Dan, as you think about season one, what were you looking forward to most when Voyager was announced and, and just before it premiered? Just the fact that there was yet another Star Trek series coming on that we were going to have new adventures was what I was most looking forward to. This was launching on a new network, UPN. And, uh, <laughs> It was exciting. You know, we, I think we saw some glimpses of what things were going to be like, like coming attractions and the, the ship was interesting, if I remember correctly. And the idea of yet another crew and another group of stories based on how successful TNG and DS9 had been to that point was really something you could, it was, even though we saw people seem to get Star Trek tired by the end of Enterprise. I think this was where we were the most Star Trek centric, where we wanted more all the time. And I think Voyager was, was the culmination of that want. Yeah, I think so too. I think that for me, I was excited because it was a chance to really explore strange new worlds again. You know, we were going to be in an area of space that nobody knew about, and they were the only Federation vessel. And to me, it seemed like a little bit of Lost in Space meets Star Trek, and I was kind of excited for that. I remember watching the premiere on UPN the first night, and even the opening credits reminded me a little bit of the original series, because you've got the ship flying everywhere, mm -hmm. and you have this sort of, well, the original series, the, the music is unmistakable. You know, you get the, yes. the the fanfare at the beginning, and Voyager had its own fanfare that Jerry Goldsmith wrote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was a sweeping, gorgeous theme, and it really, I think, set a great tone for what was to come. So, saying that, why don't I take a look at, at my list here, and I'll announce each of the episodes, and I'll read you a brief plot description, and then you can tell me whether you want to see it or skip it and your reason, then I'll tell you mine. Okay. Before we do that, I wanted to say one quick thing about the opening that you were just talking yeah. about. Yeah. The one thing that I remember distinctly loving and to this day love with Voyager's opening uh, sequence is the wisps when it comes through that. Uh, I don't know if nebula is the right the word, but it's got like the whips of smoke or, or whatever it is behind it. I just thought that that has always been 
one of the best parts of that opening sequence. Just wanted to throw that out there. I actually hated that part. Okay, well, go. Okay, you can start your talk now. We don't have to talk <laughs> more about it. Because <laughs> there's no breeze in space. Doesn't matter. It was cool. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say, well, there is solar wind, Bill. There, there's, you know, there's a lot of breeze in your face. Wow. Yeah. So here we go. Okay. The, um, the pilot episode, which is sometimes in syndication episode one and two, so that's how we're classifying it tonight. Caretaker. And the description is the newly commissioned starship Voyager and a Maquis Raider are flung into the remote Delta Quadrant by a powerful entity known as the Caretaker series premiere. Dan, how do you feel about Caretaker? See it or skip it? Ding! See it. Why? Because it's the pilot. It's the introduction of this new crew that we really wanted to see. And I do have to say that over time and after watching it again, I have a much better appreciation for it than I originally did or when I did after seeing it a couple years ago again and and watching it again. Um, It sets a good tone uh, for the series moving forward. I can appreciate that. I also say see it primarily because it's the pilot. I mean, it starts the journey. Mm -hmm. I watched it again last week in preparation for this. And like you, I think it is better than I thought it was before. It is Star Trek. Yes. At its core. Absolutely. It's not a good episode of Voyager. It's a great episode of Star Trek. And, you know, we may, I may have some problems with the plot or a few things that happen, but overall, I think it's a solid, solid episode. I think it's definitely a see it. That's a see it. One for one for each of us. All right. One for one. Well, next is episode three, and that's Parallax, otherwise known as There's Coffee in That Nebula. Investigating an apparent distress call, Voyager becomes trapped inside the event horizon of a quantum singularity. Dan, see it or skip it? Skip it. (laughs) Really? Yep. Didn't like it. I do like the there's coffee in the nebula phrase. I do like that one. I like that one uh, probably uh, just as much as I love the set of courts for home, which is seen in the original and in the finale or the the, uh, premiere in the finale. I just think that in this case, Probably because it was early in the series, I found the acting in this episode very stiff and uncomfortable, which even if the story was good, it distracted me too much to enjoy the episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I actually came down with this as being a see it. Uh, for, I mean, it is a weak episode. You're right. But I think there are some really good character notes here between Janeway and Taurus. And ultimately, it's the episode where Bellana becomes chief engineer. And I think mm-hmm. that's important to the development of her character. So I label this one, see it. Refresh my memory also very quickly. Is this one of the first episodes where all it seems that Bellana does is get pissed off at people? <laughs> that's why I didn't also like it. It just seems, okay, she's Klingon. Are we going to be like this for the next seven years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah the answer is yes. <laughs> and I know that I haven't even finished the series. <laughs> Episode four is called Time and Again. While investigating a massive explosion that destroyed all life on a planet, Janeway and Paris are swept back a day in time where they must prevent the explosion. So a little, uh, little time travel on a very small scale. Dan, see it or skip it? Skip it. Yeah. Um, great story possibility. The story possibility was what is good, but ultimately I thought it was boring and weak. I uh, I also am skip it 
This is one of those that feels like it was probably a next gen episode and they just rewrote it for the Voyager characters. And it's really not all that interesting. It stands alone. There's not much that this adds to, you know, Voyager's canon as a series. Eh. 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 That's a good word. Eh. Well, all right. Episode five is (laughs) Phage. (laughs) Neelix's lungs are removed by a race that suffers from a deadly phage that is slowly destroying their population, prompting them to harvest replacement organs and tissues from other species. Dan, um, see it or skip it, buddy. Definitely a see it episode. (laughs) It's awesome. I love this episode. Now, I will preface that by saying it is very tough for me to approve because it's a Neelix episode. But it's a Neelix episode where he loses his lungs and is facing spending the rest of his life in sickbay, not being able to move. (laughs) So That's right. Holographic lungs. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's... um, It's a good episode. I like the episode. The Vidians are a very interesting alien and a good adversary for this first season of Voyager. They're they're kind of gross, which is something that is interesting to see this new alien that looks the way they do. I thought it was good. I I thought it was interesting for me that the way the the writers turned this into a great Trek story by bringing in a seedy issue in today's world, which is organ theft. When you think about it. And I thought that they did that very well to make it a true Star Trek story in this episode. I would have to agree with you. I, too, also rated it as see it. If for no other reason, then you get to see Neelix make the I don't have any lungs anymore face. (laughs) Ah! Um, But, I mean, the Vidians are key in, in this season of Voyager. I think that. Well, it sets up one of the best first season episodes down the road, in my opinion, which I don't want to you know, give too much away right now. But I, I think this is definitely a see it. It's, it's a great concept, something you never would have seen tackled on TNG. And um, I, I think it, it's, it's a good, you know, the first handful of episodes, I thought it was a solid, solid episode. It's one that if it's on TV, if I'm flipping through the stations, I'll stop and watch. Wow. Okay. Well, Dan, up next is episode six. The Cloud, which is not about the internet, surprisingly enough. Mm-hmm. With energy reserves nearly depleted, Voyager investigates possible resources inside a nebula, which, as it turns out, isn't really a nebula. Dun, dun, dun. Dan, see it or skip it? I'm going to skip that one, Bill. Why? I, first of all, I originally thought that this was the episode where coffees in that nebula quote came from, but I think I'm wrong. Um. Well, maybe you are. Maybe I'll you're have doing- to double check. All right, whatever. Anyway, but I just did not like this episode. And one of the things that bothered me is Neelix has only been known by anybody on this ship, Maquis or Federation, for what, a couple weeks now? Yeah. A few weeks. And now he's already the self-proclaimed morale officer. <laughs> really? Come on, man. Nah, I didn't care for it. I, uh, I do have to uh, agree with you. There's coffee in that nebula comes from the cloud. For some oh. reason, I thought it was the other one. I thought it happened earlier than it did. Oh, you know what it was? It's because our second episode, second episode is called There's Coffee in That Nebula. It's an, it's an honest mistake, and I'm glad that you stood up and took it like a man. Well, before we get you know messages that say that we don't know anything. <laughs> well, Dan, I, I too came down as skip it mm-hmm. because uh, it's, it's a bottle show. This is another yes. one of those that I felt could have been a next-gen episode. 
and and maybe one they've already done in a sense. But I just I put it on. I lose interest in this episode right away. I got a question, and I don't know if this makes any sense, but for whatever reason, when I'm not watching this episode, but if I'm thinking about it and thinking of the title, I'm more apt to think about Nagilam from the Next Generation episode than anything in this one. That yeah, that's, that's exactly how I feel. Okay, good. I, uh, I, was that Lonely Among Us? Uh, yes, I believe that is correct. There are so many other Nebula shows or you know, Encountered a Weird Alien shows that I think come off better than this one where I, I I wouldn't even waste your time with this one. It's really not interesting at all. Okay. So Dan up next is episode seven. Mm-hmm. We're cruising right through these. We're almost halfway through. Wow. Eye of the needle. Yes. And actually before we move on with eye of the needle, I want to say one more thing about the cloud. Okay. Uh, We're six episodes in at this point and Voyager's energy reserves are nearly depleted. Wow. Um, what? <laughs> So what would have happened if they were still in the Alpha Quadrant? Why did they leave Deep Space Nine without enough stuff? Maybe they had a maybe the um, internal damper things broke and everything leaked away. The bioneuro gel pack. <laughs> yes, which I did think was. I will say that was an intriguing part of the starship. I did think that that was kind of cool at first. I hope they do more with that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Eye of the Needle, Voyager makes contact with a Romulan ship through a wormhole that leads back to the Alpha Quadrant. Mm. Ooh. Yes. Dan, what do you think about this one? Big time. Two thumbs up. See it. Love this episode. Uh, It's got a great twist at the end. Uh, I liked how they brought something back from home that we're familiar with right away, but didn't overplay it too much in a flash their hopes are gone i thought that was really good how they did that um they did it this was the first time they brought something in from the alpha quadrant they didn't saturate us with alpha quadrant stuff until much later in the series so you they really felt like they were alone and the ending to this made them feel even more alone i think i thought it was a great twist to this ending of this episode i think this is a definite see it like you two thumbs up for a variety of reasons the first of which vaughn Armstrong. Yes, sir. You can see every episode that Vaughn Armstrong is in because it's great. Mm-hmm. If, if for no other reason than Vaughn Armstrong is in it, it's that simple. Secondly, I think that Kate Mulgrew does an incredible job here, especially at the end when they realize the, stri- the, the twist of the plot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, when you see the hope, just leave her face. Rain. And it sets in at that point that, you know, my, my word, we're really going to be out here for a long, long time. Right. And I, I, she wears it, you know, to the point where the viewer feels it too. And I think that's what makes this episode amazing. This is probably one of my favorite Voyager episodes so far of the ones I remember. I agree. Yep. So. Wow. We're doing pretty good. Yeah. So far we've really only disagreed on one. I believe so, yeah. Okay. Correct. Well, then let's talk about episode eight. And before I announce it, I want to say that every Star Trek series seems to do a crew member accused of murder episode. And Voyager is no different. We get ex post facto. Episode eight, Tom Paris is convicted of murder. He denies having committed the crime, even though the images extracted from the victim's own memory seem to prove his guilt. And then he's forced to relive the crime 
multiple times per day. Yeah, um, let's skip this one, please. <laughs> Very please. Uh, the idea of the punishment for murder is actually, to me, quite intriguing, but can't save this episode. As a matter of fact, if I ever have to be punished for anything, the punishment for be for me would be to have to watch this episode every 20 hours. <laughs> yes. I think you put it perfectly. Um, I can't really add any more to that other than, yes, you should skip it. Y- yes, you should skip it. That's tough to say. And my only comment is, meh. Nah, that's the second time you said meh. Meh. <laughs> this episode is, it, it's, I would call it a dog, but that's an insult to dogs. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So number nine is an episode called Emanations. Investigating mineral deposits on an asteroid, Harry Kim is trapped on an alien planet. Oh, and he destroys an entire civilization's belief in the afterlife in the process. <laughs> Dan, see it or skip it? I would, have to, I would have to say skip it. This is not an episode that I ever really grabbed onto. I don't know if the whole idea of the afterlife and what he does to that civilization is something that bothered me enough to not like it. Um, but I would say skip it. I did like the invasion of the body snatcher pods. I thought that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, it's a skip it for me. Interesting, because I came down on this one as see it ah. for a number of reasons. Another one where we disagree. I think that's great. Um, this is an okay episode that deals with you know, the afterlife and the quality of life in the same episode. It's kind of a roundabout discussion of euthanasia in a sense. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's important also for Harry Kim because it is the first real or second real instance of Harry Kim abuse in the series, which we're going to document later. <laughs> if you're in caretaker, he's essentially, you know, used for medical experimentation right. by the, um, the Ocampas. And then in this one, he just, he dies outright. For the first time. For the first time. (laughs) First of many times, Harry Kim dies. Yes. Spoiler alert. It's only been 20 years. He dies. (laughs) So I actually think that this one is not bad for the discussion that it, it it gets us thinking about. But I think that it's, it's fairly solid for Garrett Wong. And ultimately I think it's, it's, it's one that should be included. Okay. Well, all right. You're wrong, but that's all right. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's move on to number 10. Number 10. An episode called Prime Factors. The crew of the Voyager discovers a planet that has the technology to send them more than halfway along their journey home. However, the planet's inhabitants are more than reluctant to share the technology with Voyager's crew as doing so would violate one of the society's own prime directives. Dan, see it or skip it. Actually, Bill, I would like to hear your take on this first, and I have a reason for that. So go ahead and uh, give me what you think and give the listeners. Okay, well, this one for me personally is a see it, despite the fact that creepy guy is like, oh, Captain Janeway, we will give you our stories. I don't like this guy at all. Mm -hmm. He's He's creepy. Why Janeway you know, thinks that she's you know, feeling anything toward him is beyond me. But I think you should see it if for no other reason than Voyager gets hosed by someone else's prime directive. Suck on that, Starfleet. <laughs> Amen. And I am giving it a see it as well. And the reason I wanted you to talk first is I didn't want to steal your thunder. Because everything that you say is exactly how I felt about this. 
especially it's a different variation of the prime directive causing a problem in what in a way that we are not used to seeing. That was, yeah. I thought it was a, a wonderful spin on, you know, what we know in Star Trek yep. and something that you know, Star Trek is, is, is built upon yeah. the entire concept of non-interference. And then, you know, Janeway's okay to, to, yeah. to end the prime directive where she wants to, but yeah. when she encounters somebody else that, that doesn't want to bend it, she may understand it, but she doesn't like it. She got kicked in the teeth on that. That was great. And then her own security officer pulls an end run on her and violates that planet's law. I don't remember the end of this. Tuvok gives them the, the stories from the database. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, after Janeway said no. Good old Vulcans. And so he, he betrays her in a sense. Right. And she gets very emotional about it, which I think may be a little too emotional. But um, I, because it's stories. It's not like, you know, he was giving them shield technology. I'm throwing which, such a blank which, on that. Or holographic technology, which, spoiler alert, they do later. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So uh, I'm two see-its for prime factors. Yes. Absolutely. I really can't stand that guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> you think? You know the guy I'm talking about. Too. Yeah, the description at the beginning was wonderful. <laughs> and uh, and Harry gets uh, Harry just gets so bummed out over this. You know, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but that is something that I get sick of in Voyager really fast. Yeah, it was his obsession. Everybody's in the same boat, but they made that his. If he's not getting killed, he's bitching about the fact that they're so far away from home. Well, not only that, but he would get so excited and excited yeah. and excited and, oh, the oh, letdown. I'm still an ensign. Oh. <laughs> so I, I think they overdid that a little too much. I mean, yeah. the guy's a Starfleet officer. He may be exactly. an ensign, but he's not a teenager. Yep. And he's not Wesley Crusher, which is kind of, uh, I don't they know don't why, lie. but I, f- I feel like they were trapped in writing him a little too young than he really was. I've always thought that Harry Kim was the Voyager version of the Crusher character. Yes. Okay. Yep. Oh, good to know. Well, Dan, episode 11 is called State of Flux. An unknown Voyager crew member secretly sends information to the Kazon. Mm-hmm. Very interesting description. Dan, see it or skip it? I'm going to say see it, but I do have one thing to say oh, about it. Okay. See it, but I think the Kazon is the worst alien species ever created for Star Trek. They are worse than the Ferengi because we at least got to grow to love Quark and Rom and Nog. Uh, I, I do not like the Kazon. I never have. It's an important arc about, uh, it, it, it's an important arc regarding the repulse of Seska and her betrayal uh, of the Voyager crew. But it's difficult for me to give it a see it, but I'm going to, but, but because it's, because it's a Kazon episode. I can understand that. I um I too say see it. It's an important episode in the Kazon arc because we do learn a lot. But the Kazon to me have always been ghetto Klingons. You know, <laughs> they are That's awesome. Uh, well, I mean that that's really kind of how they come across to me. They yeah. look like they're wearing rags. Yep. You know, shredded rags on their mm-hmm. head for some reason. And they care about honor to some extent, but also each of the the sex of the Kazon 
have something else that they spe- you know specialize in, whether it's water or mm-hmm. you know other minerals or it just I, I thought it was a an alien race that didn't get off the ground like you said, like the Ferengi and TNG. But yes, although I they are largely disinteresting, I think this is a, an important episode. And I think they were around for far too long, which we'll get into in later in later episodes of the of the see it or skip it. But the other thing that I will say is, as much as I disliked her, the 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 way that they were able to make Seska so repulsive to me and probably other people is what made it work. I will say also they they wrote her to be that awful, and I think that that was another reason why this would be a see it. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. Martha Hackett was just amazing in that role. Yes, she, she really was. did a great job. Yep. I saw her at a convention a couple of years ago and she was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, such a wonderful person. Absolutely nothing like Seska. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, episode 12, Voyager's first season, Heroes and Demons. When several crew members disappear inside Harry Kim's Beowulf holodeck program, the holographic doctor is the only one who can rescue them. Dan? See it or skip it. This is such a bad episode. <laughs> skip it. <laughs> skip it. Don't even let that load up on your DVD or skip it. Don't. They could not have saved this episode with anything, in my opinion. I, it was awful. It was another, here we go, another holodeck gone wrong episode with some outside of the holodeck issues that took place. But I, I'm not even joking. I half expected Wesley Crusher to be Grendel. It's horrible. <laughs> if if you're watching Voyager on Netflix and Voyager asks you if you're still watching when this episode comes on, tell it no. <laughs> skip it. Yes. So, uh, uh, skip it. This is another one of those to me that if they had put this on the TNG crew, it would have been Data in the holodeck and not the Doctor. Yes. And it would have been... I don't know, Jordy playing Beowulf or somebody else or Worf. Yes. And he would have had to gone in to rescue them. And hey, Harry Kim dies in this episode too, <laughs> kind of, because he gets converted to energy. energy so his yes. corporeal form is gone. That Bye-bye. to me says death. Dead. Um, I d- th- if there's anything that you can save with this episode, in my opinion, is they started along the road of getting the doctor out of sickbay. That's it. Okay, I'll buy that. But I mean, oh, that's it's not really a stretch small. for a hologram to go to the holodeck. That's why it's very small. Yeah. I mean, he got to leave the set that he's been in since the beginning of the show, but he went into the holodeck. Not until later when he got the mobile emitter was it was it true, but that's the only thing that would be a positive in this episode. It was just horrible. Okay. Yes. Well, Dan, episode 13 and lucky 13 for you and me, buddy. <laughs> is Cathexis. When Voyager attempts to investigate the force that made Chakotay brain dead, I'll pause there for a laugh. <laughs> An unknown entity keeps turning them back. <laughs> wow, this this sounds this sounds like a real barn burner. Dan, see it or skip it. Skip it. Skip it. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> any Chicote centric episode, and I am going to submit that for a real word at dictionary.com. Any Chicote centric episode can be fast forwarded. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right there with you. I am go. I did some reading. I was doing some reading on this and I will agree with other bloggers that it seems to me that the Voyager writer, and I don't want to sound biased in any way. This is not what I mean. 
they try too hard in several episodes to pitch the Native American aspect of Chakotay. Don't force it, I feel. Let it flow naturally. Don't overdo it. And it seems that they did, and this was the first time they did. Um, and it seems that whenever there's a slow story in Voyager, they just try and write it off by having crew members fall into comas or be found unconscious somewhere, which happens in this episode all the time. <laughs> I'm amazed it's not Harry Kim. <laughs> I, um, when I watched this episode, I have to say that I feel as brain dead as Chakotay is <laughs> lying on the bio bed in sickbay. I, um, not only do I say skip it, I say, Akujimoya. Akujimoya. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's uh, not my favorite episode. So, Dan, uh, continuing on, we have episode number 14, which is called Faces. The Vidians are back and they capture Bolana Torres and split her into two people, one fully Klingon and one fully human. Dan, see it or skip it? See it. See like it. it. One of the top three or four of the season, I think. Uh, great story. It seems familiar, um, but also great acting by Roseanne. This was a good episode. It really, uh, another Vidian episode, which I stated earlier, I love them as, a, as an alien and an adversary of Voyager. Great job. And she did a great job as the full Klingon and as the full human. I thought it was thumbs up. See it. Roseanne Barr was in this episode? What did I say? Roseanne? Roxanne, sorry. <laughs> Did I say Roseanne? You did. That's what's... Can I sing the Star Spangled Banner now instead? No, no, no. That's funny because you wrote Roseanne down. That's probably why I said it. Yeah, I know. I'm such a good typist. You know that. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> I, I think this is definitely an episode you see. And because this, like Caretaker, this is great Star Trek. Yes. It's not just great Voyager. This is great Star Trek. This could very well have been a grossly poor treatment of the enemy within where one character is split into two halves of themselves. But this one succeeds on every level, and Roxanne does a phenomenal job playing the very vulnerable human side and the overly aggressive Klingon side. In fact, I like those two facets sometimes more than I liked Balana as a character in season one yes. combined. There's also, oh man, there's great stuff with the Vidians in this oh. episode. Especially especially the twist um, where one of them gets a new face. <laughs> when I saw that the first time, I was like, what? What the hell? John Travolta, oh. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like face off. So yeah, at the faces, absolutely see it. I think it's well worth it. Let me ask you this, man. Um, I thought they did this well. It seemed that Roxanne, when she was human, she was so you know, so scared and nervous. And, and the way that she acted, it was like it was too much of a quote-unquote weak human, whereas when she was the Klingon, it was overpowering. I think they did that in a way to really make it work that when she's not two beings, she's got that inner conflict kind of like Spock. Yeah, I think so. And I think that they maybe overplayed the human vulnerability because that human side had never been without the Klingon side yeah. before. And there's a great scene between the two sides later on in the, in the episode as they're trying to escape. Mm -hmm. But I, I have to agree with you on that. I thought it was, it was really well-written and I, I appreciate that they put some thought into it and didn't just try to copy a Star Trek, the original series episode like next gen did. Agreed. Yep. So 
Dan, episode 15, the penultimate episode of season one, is one called Jatrell, the scientist who developed a weapon that killed 300,000 of Neelix's people in a war 15 years ago, boards Voyager, claiming that Neelix is terminally ill. Dan, see it or skip it. Very see it. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, James Loyan, what can you say about this guy and, oh, and any Star Trek character that he has played? Love that guy. He is so great. Um, the episode's very interesting in that it takes on a pretty big topic in genocide. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Um, I almost didn't put this on the list because it's another episode of Neelix being annoying and gabbing and pointing fingers and this, that, and the other thing. But it was, but it changed. I changed halfway through. Um, with what was going on with Neelix, the story and the outcome and the way that Sloyan acted, this character makes it very worthy of watching. I think that he carries this episode, James Sloyan, mm-hmm. you know, in the other episodes he's been in, in, in Star Trek have been great. Whether you look at TNG or whether you look at his performances as Dr. Mora in deep space nine, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of my favorite episodes of Star Trek in general right there. But he and Ethan Phillips go head to head a lot of this episode and it is fantastic. I don't like Neelix as a character. I very much like Ethan Phillips and the scenes between Neelix and Jatrell are phenomenal. I think that this is a see it for that. And also because there are important facets of Neelix that we learn and the fact that he's been lying to Kess about what he did during you know that attack mm-hmm. the entire time he's known or maybe even lying to himself right i thought that that was a really weighty scene and i thought that it was it was played beautifully so yeah. i think this one is for me the best episode of season one really that's yeah. interesting one of the things that you just said that i i actually started jotting some notes down is that um the scenes between uh, Neelix and Jatrell were very well done. It reminds me of the scenes that Sloyan had with Renee in Deep yeah. Space Nine. Great, great dialogue. Yeah. Very emotional. And just, you know, f- three great actors, one of them playing two different characters, carries carries those episodes. It's so great. You did not mention that he played Alexander, though. I'm very upset about that. <laughs> well, I said I did <laughs> yes. say he appeared in TNG. He yes. played a couple of different roles in yeah, I know that was a joke <laughs> but actually I actually really like that episode with him as Alexander but we'll talk about that when we get to TNG thank you father so Dan the finale of season one episode number 16 in this short first season is called learning curve Tuvok conducts a training session for Maquis personnel meanwhile Voyager's bioneural gel packs are mysteriously failing season finale oh boy oh Dan boy. See it or skip it, buddy. I'm going to skip this one, even though it's a finale, and we always look forward to a finale in Star Trek after Best of Both Worlds. We're always going to be excited about what the possibility is, but this is a skip it. Um, I know that this is an integral part of the series at the beginning, but it's only season one. But for me, the struggle between the Maquis and Starfleet officers is already overplayed and not worth my time anymore. I just don't like it. Okay. Yeah. I too say skip it, but I don't think that the the McKee struggle is overdone at this point. I think that this one is way over the top. The only good scene in this episode is where Chakotay 
punches that guy in the mess hall. Yes. I forgot. It. He yes. says, oh, you want to do it the Maquis way? All right. This is the Maquis way too, isn't it? And just let, you know, sucker many, punches him right across the face. There's too awesome. many, there's too many Voyager episodes that I, that I get confused with other ones. I thought that took place in a different one, but you're right. Absolutely. I just watched this one yesterday. Okay. Then you're probably right. Um, <laughs> but as, as far as skip it, this episode is not important yeah. in the development of the series or the journey home or Tuvok at all. In fact, Tuvok was an instructor at the Academy and you're telling me he doesn't know how to motivate mm-hmm. three malcontents. Yeah. I'm sorry, that just doesn't ring true to me. Um, it seems wholly implausible. And for that alone, I think that this episode sucks. Very good point. It, it's, it's as if they took the character of Tuvok for the remainder of the series as we know it, and this one stands all by itself in something that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, looking at, at the list, we just went through all 16 first season episodes of Star Trek Voyager. I came down with a total of nine see it out of the 16 for a percentage of 56 and a quarter. So I would throw away just under half the first season. What about you? You're not a very big fan of uh, Voyager season one. I don't think, are you, sir? Uh, I think you might be less of a fan. Yeah, I was only seven for 16 for a measly 43 and three quarters percent of see it. That's pretty bad. (laughs) That really is. Although, it does say that the first season actually had some some really solid episodes. It in did. There. There's some good character development in some of those episodes. There's some really good writing in some of those episodes. Exactly. I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. Which is interesting because we've talked so many times over the year and a half that we've done the show of how the Voyager writing could be so bad. The acting was good, but what they were given was hard to work with. There are several episodes in season one where the writing is fantastic. Yeah, there really are. Yep. But there are also some where it's really not that great. And I think yes. it's it's trying to find its its place. I get that season ones are often imperfect, but you know, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how season two comes down the next time we do this, quite honestly. Yes, I think the word is banthapoodoo. <laughs> I will say one thing though. You did say it and I agree hundred percent. I'll say it with next generation and I'll say it with our favorite deep space nine. The first season has a lot of question marks in it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dan, I conducted a poll in camp Kittimer. Very, you know, very quick. I didn't give it a whole lot of time. If we if I decided to do this earlier, we probably would have had a whole lot more response, but we actually got some good response to this one. I asked, what are your favorite season one episodes of Star Trek Voyager? Mm-hmm. And um, the top five are Caretaker, Eye of the Needle, Prime Factors, Jatrell, and Phage, which I found very interesting. Very interesting. The bottom five which received no votes. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was one vote for one episode in the bottom five. And uh, that was the cloud. <laughs> There's coffee in that nebula. Morale officer. Indeed. <laughs> the rest of the bottom five rounding it out are Cathexis, heroes and demons, ex post facto and state of flux. So we thank everybody in Camp Kittimer for participating in our poll. We'll be doing other ones as uh, as we do more see it or skip it. Uh, all the more reason to join Camp Kittimer, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, 
Dan, there's two other things we need to keep count of in this episode. Oh, yeah. The first of which is photon torpedoes. (laughs) Uh, Voyager has a complement of 38 photon torpedoes. They used one the entire first season. And so they are left with 37 at the end. Keep that in mind, people. Keep that in mind. And then also there's the Harry Kim suffering tracker. So (laughs) here are all the ways that Harry Kim suffered so far in season one. You ready? (laughs) So in Caretaker, he was abducted by an alien race and subjected to medical experimentation. In, uh, In Parallax, he had a mysterious illness. He was killed in Emanations when he was euthanized in a Venori death pod and also in Heroes and Demons when Grendel killed him and turned him into energy. He was critically injured in ex post facto. He was dejected over a mini wormhole in Eye of the Needle, but yet you got that wormhole named after him, Dan. It's the Harry Kim micro wormhole. Yay. That does not bode well for the young ensign. And then lastly, in Prime Factors, he was dejected over teleportation technology. That kid's suffering a lot. That's all of that just in season one alone. I'm getting Garrett on the show. <laughs> Good luck with that. Okay. All right. Well, Dan, I, I, I don't know about you, but I look forward to doing more of these. That was a fun discussion. Uh, it was interesting to hear where you came down. I think we only ultimately disagreed on two. Yeah, and uh, I found it interesting that one of the top fives on the Camp Kittimer poll was one of the ones that we disagreed on, and I gave it a skip it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay. It looks like you're wrong. I would say that that is probably incorrect. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dan, the other thing we're right about is that we have a great endeavor going on all year long. It's our Trek 50 campaign to get people to tell us their stories of Star Trek. And why don't you tell us a little more about it, my friend? Yeah, it's very exciting. It's Star Trek's 50th anniversary. We want to know about the first time that you ever watched Star Trek. Uh, It's a very important part of our lives. So we are going to let you tell us about your first Trek. Um, What was the first episode? What was the first movie you saw? Tell us everything you want about that first encounter with Trek. We're going to take all your messages. We're going to publish them as a special podcast episode later on in September for Star Trek's 50th anniversary. Uh, You can leave us that message by calling us at 508-784-1701, leave a voicemail, or record a message right on our website, uh, and it'll get to us. Just remember to please tell us your name and where you're calling from, and leave your message to uh, a maximum of three minutes. For more information, you can go ahead and over to our webpage at trekgeeks.com slash trek50 and get all the details. Uh, Dan, we would be very remiss if we didn't thank our friends in the band Five Year Mission. They are every last bit of music you hear on this show. Um, seriously, they are five amazing guys. Your house band for Star Trek Las Vegas in the 50th anniversary year. Five straight days and nothing but tunes and Febreze. I don't know about you, buddy. I can't wait. We hope everyone goes out to fiveyearmission.net. Score yourself some albums, lay down some quatloos, and get some good tunes. You know what's cool about Five Year Mission? Oh, I no. Say? Oh, no. Um, it made me think of my favorite Mirror Universe episode. Oh, no. Here it comes. Enterprise the other day. I was yeah. watching In a Mirror Farkley. It was pretty good. Uh, no? Uh, you're fired. <laughs> You're fired. I'm going to get Andy Robinson on this podcast to replace you. Uh, I'm sorry. I, uh, <laughs> Akuchi Moya. 
<laughs> for more great Star Trek discussion, please check out our friends at the Tricorder Transmissions online at the tricordertransmissions.com. Right now in their flagship show, they're going through the animated series, which sounds like a lot of fun. Also, they're doing Shore Leave and six shows. They make us they make us look like chumps, dude. Oh, low end podcasting. Low, we are low end. Oof. We're as low end as low end gets. And also for the latest news on all things Trek, please head on over to treknews.net. You'll find out about things that you didn't even know about. There's such a great site, and we love those guys over there. Treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 58 of Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast. Um, Dan, do you want to let everybody know what we're doing next week? Okay. <laughs> um, dare I say the JJ verse? JJ verse. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Can everybody. you stop shining that freaking flashlight in my webcam? I, I bet I was going for for lens flare. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you one thing. There's coconut in that nebula. Bing bong. Good evening. I'm Bill Smith from the Trek Geeks podcast, and I am an Axonar troll. That's beautiful. I like that. It's very mellifluous, which is how you actually say that word. Mellifluous, yes. I've, you get I've it right learned. that time. Mellifluous. I'm, 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 <laughs> there, that lasted five seconds. Now, go. the key for you tonight, since your mic is as close as I've wanted it to be all along now, yeah. is... Don't laugh into your microphone <laughs> and don't ca- uh, don't clear your throat into it. Yes, that would be bad. <clears throat> and I have to do the the tea biscuit, whatever his name is. What? <laughs> Tezonde. Yes. <laughs> Chocolate rain. Nice Mr. T video, by the way, today. Mother. That there was so no bad. <laughs> I post that every year. Oh, my God. That was just awful. I played it for my mom. <laughs> of course you did yes why do you hate your mom <laughs> i didn't know it was that bad what i didn't then you've really not didn't. paid attention each of the last six years if i've posted I, it if i saw it before i got it out of my mind so fast that i have no recollection of it whatsoever wow yeah and it was all brought right back tonight congratulations thank you congratulations to you sir i said good day Happy birthday, Mother's Day. What? What? <laughs> what? What the hell are you talking about? I just got done reading a post from one of my aunts. or She's, a, she's not real, a blood aunt, but she's like an aunt of the family. And today would have been her father's birthday as well as Mother's Day. So she was saying happy birthday, happy Mother's Day in the same post. And I <clears throat> must have just been in my brain still. Brain and brain. What is brain? It's not every day that we can get a new grill, you know. Did you get a new grill? No. Oh, it looked brand new. That picture was very nice. Because I cleaned it.
<laughs> it's about it's time. Spring cleaning. Yes. It looks beautiful. I got a new grill. I took out all the stuff. I scraped down the inside. I took out all the, the plates. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Uh, I don't mind it because I use a shop vac to suck it all up. Yes. Yep. So do I. <laughs> but I got a new one, so I don't have to do that yet. I just bought a new one because my old one died. The grill or the shop vac? Shop vac. No, I mean the grill. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I got a new grill, so I don't have to clean it yet. <laughs> okay. Eh? <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? I'm uh, finishing off the Shipyard Blood Orange. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I've got to uh, make my way through a couple more of those. Tonight? During the podcast? Wow, Whatever. That'll be fun. I've got Hint Water. Kind of boring tonight. Dude, why are you drinking truck. straight vodka? That's a, that's a bottle of Stoli. <laughs> that's Stoli Raz. What are you doing? All I got left is the strawberries in the bottom. You are upending a bottle of Stoli Raz on camera. Uh, dude, we got to get you some help. That's so good, though. <laughs> dude, I'm, I, I'm podcasting with you. I need it. Wow, I don't think that was necessary. Oh, I think it was very ne- not as necessary as this bottle of Stoli. Not as necessary as your face. All right, so let's do a breakdown of what we're going to do. Bill's going to start, and Dan's coming in, and we're going to talk Voyager. Um, waka, waka. <laughs> Very nice. I thought you were going to keep going. I could. I didn't have any words to do. The you writing's real you bad, suck at but freestyling. Good. No, I'm not a good freestyler, man. I've never, I've never claimed to be. You're terrible at this. I've never claimed. You make a terrible Vader. Excuse me. <laughs> that was the door behind me. See? Door. 